0: I want to begin a new series with you this morning, and that series title is Life with Purpose. Now, how many of you know some people that seemingly are living life just kind of without any purpose? You can know somebody like that? You know, it's, it's kind of that where they're just kind of proud to be here. They're just showing up, and, and there's really not any uh, rhyme nor reason to what their life is about. But I believe with all of my heart that God has called us to live life with purpose. And so as we go through the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how that we do that. And today, we're going to talk about life with God. I I believe with all of my heart that if I'm going to have purpose in life, that Jesus Christ has to be the central focus of everything I do in life. And so I want you to take your Bibles this morning and go to the book of Colossians, the second chapter, if you would. And as you're turning there, let me greet those who are joining us today in our campuses. I want to welcome them today. I want to just believe today that God is going to minister there through the Word, just like He's ministering here, that your hearts have been prepared to receive what God's going to say today, and that you are going to be transformed by the Word of God today. The book of Colossians, the second chapter, beginning in the sixth verse, says this, So then... Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to what? Live in Him. Verse 7. Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. The Apostle Paul is writing here to the church at Colossae uh, what theologians tell us is is that Paul, it's not the one who started this church. He was not the originator. He did not preach to this church, but he is the apostle to this church, and so he begins to write to them and talk to them about some heresy and some errors that are in their church. He begins to deal with them. You say, well, pastor, why is that important to us? Well, how many of you know the apostle Paul did not found this church? The apostle Eddie did. No, I'm kidding. Uh, We hope Jesus did, but... (laughs) outside of that Uh, but this same writing that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Colossae is still to us today it is still relevant to us today and so the Apostle Paul begins to lay out here he says he says just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord Continue to live in Him. In other words, it's not good enough just to come to church and get saved, but you've got to live day in and day out in Him, rooted in Him, built up in Him, and strengthened in Him. Now, now, let me tell you something. What we're going to be talking about this morning is life with God. And to have life with God means that it's more than just a Sunday morning only religion. It's not just about being a Christian when you come to church. It's about a day in and day out, a consecrated life of living each and every day in obedience to what God says. But I want to tell you what, just because you got saved does not mean that you are not still going to have to deal with some stuff. How many of you remember the day or the night that you got saved? You remember it? I mean, what a wonderful experience! What a great thing that, that maybe you know uh, whatever your tradition was at that point. Maybe you went to the front, uh, and, you know, and and the pastor prayed over you or you signed whatever it was. But but you knew at that moment that the presence and the power and the spirit of God had changed your life. And I mean, you you walked out of that place and and you said, "My life will never be the same." Right? I hope you did you really got saved that's what you said but but here's what i found is that after that happens sometimes then life happens i mean wouldn't it wouldn't it be wonderful just to live in the altar wouldn't it be great just to be a, you know just just everything to always be about the kingdom and about church and just but you know what you, you have to go back out tomorrow don't you and so how do I go about doing what the Apostle Paul said to this church at Colossians? In here? How, how do I go about living this life uh, with God? Well, how do I have life with God which brings purpose uh, in my life? I want you to look, and we're going to spend the rest of the, the morning, in fact, the next few weeks we're going to spend in the book of Colossians, uh, look in the third chapter because I want to show you five things real quickly this morning uh, that the Word of God directs us to, and as we live with God, this is what we have to do. Look in verse 1. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. In other words, since you've been raised, since you've been forgiven and saved, then he says, here's what you are to do. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. The first thing you've got to do is that you've got to set your heart. Now, how many of you know, how many of you have ever had to set something? Ever had to set your watch because it gotten off? Ever had, to, ever had to set some things in order? Ever had to set some things in order in your house? If you have kids, you have. Right? Um, the, the scripture it says set. In other words, there's, there's, there's something you've got to do. And, and what it's talking about, when it's talking about set your heart, it's talking about your emotions. Now, the scripture lets us know that we are tripartite beings, that we are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Now, what you see today is not really what that person is. Right? I mean, when you see their body, that's really not who they are. Some of us are thankful for that. We're waiting for that day for that new body. Yes, Lord. And I get to heaven. You know, anyway, uh, but, but what we really, we are a spirit. We're spirit creatures that, that are dressed in what I would call an earth suit. You know, when the, when the astronauts go to the moon, they have to have a moon suit. Well, you're, you're, you have an earth suit. This is not what you really are. Is this new theology? The Word of God says you'll have a glorified body. It won't be like this. It's going to be different than this. Uh, But you are a spirit being, but you have a soul. and, And your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so here's what the Scripture says. It says, set your heart or set your emotions on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And when it talks about that, what it's saying to us is this. Look, if I really want to have this life with God, then I have got to set my emotions on Jesus Christ. Now, how do I do that? How many of you remember when you fell in love? You better hold your hand up if you're married. Let me send back there. Well, I forgot. You, you better remember real quick. Now, what, what I know about falling in love is, is it involves your emotions. It's, it's your emotion. In fact, uh, some of you fell in love and, you know, and everything was perfect until... And then you found out, well, it wasn't as perfect as I thought it was going to be. But but it's your emotions that get involved. And and so what we have to do in the same way, if we're going to really have life with Christ, is that I've got to set my emotions on Jesus Christ. I have got to willingly, of my own free will, say, I am more in love with Jesus than I am anything else. Wow. Wow. What would happen if we really fell in love with Jesus? What would happen? I mean, I mean, if you can remember those emotions when you first fell in love, what would happen if you had those same feelings for Jesus? The Scripture says that we're to set our heart, set our emotions on those things. And so if, I, if I'm going to live with Jesus, my emotions have to be on the right thing. But look in verse 2. Verse 2, he says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now remember, your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. So he says, now, not only set your heart or your emotions on things above, but he says, set your mind on things above. Now how do I go about setting, setting my mind on things above? You know the greatest way to set your mind on things above is to read the Word of God? In fact, one of the greatest things you could do over the next few weeks as we go into this series is to daily, during your devotion time, and I hope you have one, during your devotion time daily to read the book of Colossians. And just see what the Apostle Paul says there, and and just begin to set your mind. How many of you have ever had thoughts run through your mind? I mean, some of you are having thoughts right now of where you're going to eat what you're going to do tomorrow, and all those things and those thoughts. And, and the Bible says that you are to take captive your thoughts. People say, well, I can't help what I think. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can take captive your thoughts. You don't have to dwell. L- listen, just because something comes in your mind does not mean you have to dwell on it. Well, Pastor, I just you know I think about what what X Y Z whatever it is, and I can't help. Yes, you can. The Bible says that you have the ability to set your mind; that you can take what you are thinking and you can set it on the things above. And how I do that is by getting into the Word of God and knowing what God's Word says in everyday living. And as I do that, as I'm going through that, then it begins to change my mindset. Listen, the reason that the enemy does not want you to read the Bible is because he knows it will change your focus. He makes everything else easy for you to get involved in. But when it comes to reading the Word of God, he will do everything. That and prayer are the two things he will fight you on the most. Because he knows those are the two things that will change you the most. And so he'll offer you everything in the world to keep you from setting your mind. But if you decide, listen, wait a minute, I am going to be a person who lives life with God because I want purpose in my life, then when I come to that point, then I will say, wait a minute, I am going to choose to set my mind on things above. Look at verse 5. You're not going to like this one, I'll tell you before I get there. Verse 5 says, put to death oh hallelujah i mean it's one thing to tell people to set their heart and set their mind but now pastor's going to talk to us about putting to death well let me just read the rest of it put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature And then he gives us a list. Now, he doesn't give us an exhaustive list, because that would taken too many chapters. He just gives us a little list. And he kind of lays them out, and he just goes through it. Here's the earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, which just means inordinate desire. It doesn't mean just sexual desire. Evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Put it to death. In other words, your wants, those things are that, that I, I, I want. Now, everybody look at me real carefully. In fact, I'll just look at the camera for a minute. Have you ever had some wants since you got saved that you shouldn't want? I'm saved. I'm a believer. I know Jesus. I go to church, you know, every time the doors are open, Yeah. But have you ever had some wants that you went, where did that come from? See, that's, that's dealing with the will. Remember, the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions. L- listen, there are things, and it, and it talks about it, it says, it says these things you've got to put to death. Can't play with them. You cannot play with them. If you have trouble with sexual immorality, you can't play with it. You, you can't allow yourself... To be around it, you can't allow yourself to hang out with people who are sexually immoral. You can't. If you have trouble with sexual immorality, you can't have a computer that doesn't have a filter on it. Pastor's doing really good preaching because I don't care how much you come to church. I don't care how much you speak in tongues. I don't care how many times we baptize you. If you hang out, if you are around it, you will fall, you will fail, your wants will give in to it. There are some things you have to kill. You just have to say, nope, not going around that, not going to be there. Impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, all of these things, you cannot, listen, those are not things you can play with. What is the deal with believers wanting to take just enough of the world and think they're not going to be burned. The Bible says you can't take coals of fire into your life without it burning you. You can't buy into everything that the world buys into. You can't watch every movie that comes out just because everybody else is watching it and enjoying it. Why? Because, you know, listen, there, there are three realms here. There are the heavenly things that we're supposed to be setting our mind on. There are the earthly things that this scripture talks about. And then there are the demonic things. And you have a choice what you're going to do. Even believers. Listen, I, I, I get tired sometimes of some believers who all they can do is talk about demons. Everything's a demon. No, no some things are just natural. Some things are just part of life. Don't see a devil behind every bush. Every time there's a glitch in the system. Oh, it's a devil. That's not a devil. That's a computer. Garbage in, garbage out. All right? But, but you have to understand that if you take into yourself these things, you're going to be destroyed. And So you have to... Put to death. You have to be willing to say, wait a minute, my life with God is more important than me having these things and playing around here and hanging out with this. Listen, some of you need to get some new friends. So some of, you, some of you think that you can hang out with the world and it's not going to affect you. And I'm going to tell you, if you become friends with the world, the world is going to eat your lunch. You've got to come to that place of putting some things to death. It's time that Christians live differently than non-Christians. It's time... That we don't buy into everything the world buys into. It's time that we put to death some, that that we don't justify all of this stuff, all of these uh, things. Well, that's just an addiction or that's just this, that. Yeah, 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 that may be true. But the Word of God says put some things to death. I, I know I'm a little vehement about this, but I want you to get it because I see so many Christians who are destroyed. You have trouble with alcohol, and yet you keep alcohol around and wonder why you get drunk. You haven't put it to death yet. You you haven't killed some things yet. You you haven't been willing to, to, to take that step that really means I am sold out to Jesus Christ, and I am going to do what God has called me to do. Some of you guys keep going by the secretary's desk and flirting with her. Cut it out. You're married, you've got a wife at home, yeah, but, but you don't understand. Yeah, I understand. Woo! I understand. I understand you're playing with fire and you're going to be burned. Well, I, she just understands me. Yeah, She's going to understand you all the way in a divorce court and you're going to lose half of everything you've got and pay child support and alimony for the rest of your life, and you can't even make it on what you're making now. I'm just telling you. Th- th- these, these are things that Christians don't want to talk about, but somebody needs to talk about it, and I'm just crazy enough to talk about it. <laughs> Put to death. So there's some things you got to kill. Not people. (laughs) Things. Look at verse 8. Two more. But now you must rid yourselves. Now we talked about setting some things. We talked about killing some things. Now we're going to talk about ridding ourselves. Rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Oh, Jesus, help us. <laughs> We've been talking about the soul. Now we're going to get into the body because he's talking about the lips. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. There's just sometimes, you know, that, that, that things are just so, I, I just, the, the words, you know, the word that I need to use. No, the Bible says, put it away. The Bible says, rid yourselves of filthy language. How, how can a Christian use curse words? and feel justified just but well pastor you just got to understand it was just one of those times really would you say that if jesus was there oh no no i wouldn't say that what newsflash you're a christian he's there Would you tell that joke if Jesus was there? Wow. Rid yourselves. See, the Bible talks about it, it says to lay lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. In, In fact, some things are not sin, some things are just weights in your life. And, and, and those kind of things, you have to rid yourself of. Listen, I want to tell you, anger will eat your lunch. And it will turn into rage and malice. All these things will happen. And, and all of us, I don't care how saved you are. You have to deal with these things. I don't care who prayed over you. I don't care who blew on you and you fell out. Big <laughs> Big deal. I mean, I've seen people get blessed in church and fight before they get out the door. Who hit my car? Just lose it. Why? Because we have to rid ourselves of these things. You say, well, Pastor, I thought all that I had to do was come just as I am. You've heard me say it, but, you know, we've sung just as I am and left just as we were. And that's the problem. No, wait a minute. It's not just coming to Jesus. The Bible says this. Yes, salvation is by faith and by grace. I believe that with all of my heart. But the Word of God says that you are to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, I understand that when you preach this kind of sermon... That people don't really like it. But I want to tell you this morning. God did not call me to be your best buddy. God called me to preach to you and to tell you what you need so that you can make it into heaven. That's what I'm here for. And so the Word of God says to rid yourselves, to get rid of them and move on. Now let me, let me give you the last. Look at verse 12. been dealing with stuff now he's going to change it therefore as God's chosen people that's us holy and dearly loved that's you I know I just wore you out but you're holy and dearly loved before God he says now do this clothe yourselves this is the fifth thing you got to do you got to clothe yourself and he lists them this is a spiritual dynamic he says clothe yourself with compassion kindness Humility, gentleness, and patience. The first four things was getting us cleaned up. It's kind of like when you've been outside working all day long and you come in all hot and messed up and you go in and you get a shower and you get shaved or whatever it is. and But before you come out, we want you to clothe yourself. It's not enough just to get rid of stuff. The Apostle Paul said you've got to clothe yourself with some things. I don't know about you, maybe, maybe you guys have this part down, just hands down. Got compassion, and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I'm still struggling with a few of those. I still have some moments. And and I have to, first of all, I have to die daily. And then I have to daily ask the Lord, Lord, today, here's what I need in my life. I need you to clothe me with compassion because before today's over, somebody's going to get on my last nerve. Right? Now, Lord, help me. And, and you know what? I, I am not, my DNA, my, the, the natural makeup of who I am is, I, I'm not one of those warm, fuzzy guys. Some of you have been around here a while. Um. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not just the the guy who just naturally oozes compassion and care. And In fact, for years we had a care pastor, and it was jokingly I was referred to as the who cares pastor. <laughs> now that's not true, but it was, at moments it is, though. <laughs> And, and I found out a few years ago, I mean, I was, I was really struggling with this. As a pastor, I, I love people, and I love doing what I, God called me to do, but there were those moments that it was a good thing nothing was handy because I'd use it upside their head. And, and I said, God, I, that's not a good way to pastor. <laughs> Just, it's a good way to start a jail ministry, but it's not a good way <laughs> to pastor. And... and uh, and so I, I started praying a prayer, and I pray pretty much every day. And, and here's what part of that prayer is. Lord, today, let your love be in me, your agape love, because that's the only way that I can really love the way that I should. It's not, it's not of myself. That's why he says, I understand your clothing is not of you. Does that make sense? It's something you put on. And so I put on compassion, just like I put on a shirt. I put on kindness, just like I put on a pair of pants. I put put these things on. And so every day I'm asking the Lord, Lord, today help me to be compassionate. Help me to be kind. Help me to have humility. Help me to be gentle and to be patient. And, oh, I hate that one. (laughs) Because I know how you get that one. The Bible says tribulation worketh patience. And I know every time I ask for that, I'm just signing myself up. But I know I need to clothe myself with that. And so, in the process of living out Christianity and and truly a life with purpose, it's not enough just to get saved. It's not enough to say, well, my name's on the church roll or I go to such and such a church. It really is about living life with God, day in and day out. Of working on these aspects of my life that are not what they need to be, but I'm working toward it. Some of you who have just gotten acquainted with me say, man, that guy's got some rough edges. You should have been with me 20 years ago. I'm not really good yet, but I am so much better than I used to be. Thank the Lord, He's still working in my life. And I'm still working in my life. See, I think some of us want God to do it all. Well, if God would just change me. No, no, no. He gave you the ability to do some of the changing. He will enable you, but you've got to be willing to take the process. And so here's what it boils down to. We're called to live life with purpose. But to do that, I've got to have God... As the central focus of everything I do. But if I will put Him in the center of everything that's happening in my world, then the Word of God says that He will give me life and He will give it to me more abundantly. I can live life, you can live life, not just a mundane ritualistic living. But you can live life abundantly through the power of the Holy Spirit that's working in your life. And that's what he's called us to do. And that's what it's all about.